pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny Special Report. Today I'm going to do a special interview with Kevin Brittingham from Q on some breaking news in the firearms industry. The cease and desist order issued recently by ATF declaring that the Honey Badger pistol is now an SBR. I am your host, Ava Flanell, and Kevin, how are you doing today, considering everything that just went down? I'm great. I mean, you know, it is what it is. I'm. It's disappointing on a few levels, but... I don't know that it's totally, you know, unexpected in some ways. And I mean, our company's fine and we'll pivot from this. And I think we've got some solutions and it's okay. Yeah. Before we get into everything, basically from my understanding, on August 3rd this year, ATF issued a formal cease and desist letter and it declared that the Honey Badger pistol would be considered now an SBR under the National Firearms Act. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm not sure about the date. I assume that you're correct on, on that. So we received a letter, a cease and desist, without a phone call. And we had just been dealing with ATF on an audit and other things. Without a phone call, without any anything preceding this, we receive a cease and desist letter declaring that. And it does several things. And there's some nuances that people might not understand just w- w- with a, a, a quick gaze at the letter. But it declares that the honey badger pistol is now an SBR. So that makes the thousands of people that are in possession of these in possession of an illegal SBR. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. It didn't give us any warning or any opportunity to prevent this for our customers who, you know, that's who I'm concerned about. Yeah. To give them a heads up or to give them an option or, or what to do. Uh, and if you read the letter, it says, Hey, tell us what you want to do. Not, the regulatory agency giving us instructions. They said, you know, submit to us a plan for these things and we'll tell you if we like it or not. You know, so that could go on forever. Um, So that's disappointing. But the interesting part of it is, so they went ahead and said on the mini fix and the sugar weasel viewing our website that they believe those are also illegal SBRs and they demanded that we send them a sample of each for them to evaluate. Instead of them buying them like they normally would do to evaluate guns, they demand that we give them to them. That's whatever. But the interesting part of that is, you know, the Sugar Weasel uses the SBA-3, which I believe there's about 1.3 million of those in circulation, and there's about 4 million braces in circulation. Mm -hmm. So what that tells you is they just declared basically that 4 million people are felons right now. Exactly. Literally overnight, you guys wake up and congrats, you're a felon. Yeah, without telling anyone. So it wasn't realistic. It didn't make a lot of sense. So we entered into negotiations with them as far as negotiations, meaning a response, where we responded in depth with some ideas, things that could be done. Because one thing with, unlike a silencer or a machine gun, if you have an SBR and you separate the upper from the lower, you take the short barrel off of it, it's no longer an SBR. Mm -hmm. So it's a pretty simple solution. And to recall all the guns doesn't make sense. And this wasn't something where we went out on a limb and we did our own brace. We licensed this from SB Tactical. Mm -hmm. They have two approval letters from ATF. And they don't go into depth. It's just a bifurcated flap with a Velcro strap. And that's their intellectual property as well. So we license and buy those from SB Tactical. We don't make those ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's the letter that they're going off of. So now it seems ATF is basically saying that any brace that is sold 
it doesn't matter if there's a letter. There is no letter for a brace. It has to be the brace on a specific gun. So let's say SB Tactical sent in a 10-inch 5.56 with the SBA 3 on it, but you put it on a 9-inch 300 blackout, that's not approved by ATF. And that's what they're saying gives them the ability to go after everyone. And they're also, we asked in the letter, and they're so far refusing to give us any guidance on, you know, if they want to see changes in our brace to meet mm-hmm. some guideline, that's fine. I think that's the Senator Gates letter, and that's the basis of, of the whole issue. They're deeming stuff to be classifying stuff as fitting in the categories as an illegal SBR, but refusing to give you the guidelines to produce a product that would meet the guideline for a pistol and not mm-hmm. being an SBR. And for instance, the honey badger, the honey badger doesn't work if you put a 16 inch barrel on it. So just putting a longer barrel on it isn't a solution. The gun was built to be a pistol, but them singling us out when you see companies like whoever Daniel defense, you know, SIG doesn't have an approval letter for their brace. Yeah. And they put it on tons of guns. So everyone that has one of those, like you're a felon if it, if ATF decides today, mm-hmm. but Springfield Armory, uh, Smith and Wesson launched their first brace gun this week, this past week, Ruger does it, you know, the big companies, they're just starting with us. And and that's what people really need to kind of understand and get behind. And the big companies better wake up or they're going to be in a lot more difficult situation than we are. I mean, can some of these companies survive without arm brace guns? Like for me, we can survive just doing SBRs and, you know, uh, offering new solutions that we're going to offer for people who have honey badger pistols on back orders, but this really affects the market. And the bump stock was 10 to 50,000 people. This is 4 million. Yeah. I can't help but wonder this entire time, who did you piss off? Mm. And I hate to say it, but out of all the companies out there, and it's not like your gun is, aside from internals and stuff like that and how it operates, but I mean, if you're just looking at the brace, the barrel length, your gun isn't really that much different from a lot of the guns out there already on the market. Yeah. So it's interesting that they're choosing the honey badger out of all the guns that they could choose from or just making a solid reference like, okay, we've determined that now all guns that have these requirements are considered SBRs. They're definitely kind of singling you out. And to my understanding, this came from, was it ATF in Massachusetts? Well, that's a little cloudy, but I'll try to run through that. And and to get to the original question, you know, I assume it's a competitor that, you know, brought this up. And, you know, that's just a a punk ass way to be. And it's not surprising considering how a a lot of people in the industry and. Well, it's it's also ridiculous because we're all in the same industry. We're all fighting the same fight at the end of the day. So if anybody did kind of throw you under the bus just because you're their competition, that's ridiculous. It's not going to surprise anyone. No, it doesn't. It it is a, a punk way to be. And it's probably what happened. And it's not surprising, in my opinion, but it is pathetic. Yeah, it's it's bad for everyone. And, and in the end, you know, we're not going to back down. We're going to continue business. They sent a cease and desist. We have to follow that and we're going to pivot and we've got a new product to offer. And, you know, we'll probably release that uh, this week or next week and on social media and things just continue for us. Mm-hmm. You know, the only thing that's going to make a difference is if NRA actually steps up and fights or, you know, DOJ puts ATF in their place. Or, you know, the White House gets involved. And, you know, it's pretty interesting timing considering it's right before the election. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. You know, SB Tactical, I'm sure, has to be terrified. And I'm sure they've been expecting this for a long time. 
but they just started with us. This isn't just a Q problem. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Naming the, the weasel, knowing it has an SBA three on it. It's the most prolific brace ever yeah. produced. Yeah. And that they can do it arbitrarily. They don't have to provide guidelines. They can just decide that what you did is illegal. But, you know, are you telling me like all the honey badger copies that are out there, all these wannabe companies like Maxim Defense, they build a five inch barrel gun with a brace, make it look just like the honey badger. That one's okay, but ours mm-hmm. isn't. Daniel Defense Mark 18 or the SIG products or, you know, the Springfield Saint. I mean, you name them. Yeah. The honey badger, the fix is a very different gun, but the honey badger is basically an AR. And what's different about it than all these others, other than it's designed to be a pistol? You know, the Mark 18 from Daniel Defense, that's an SBR. They put an arm brace on. You know, there's really no denying that. But, you know, it's funny. I've gotten several emails and messages on social media from disabled veterans that are like, I have to have a brace to shoot. You know, they lost one arm in combat, like combat veterans. And they're like, so now I'm a felon because I have your gun with a brace on. Mm -hmm. And that's a pretty interesting point too. You know, there's a lot of stuff that ATF's going to have to address and they can duck it with us. But if NRA will actually step up because NRA and they put some links for your congressman and stuff on their website and put this on their website. But originally the NRA was going to in discussions with them they were going to email blast 2.3 million active members that they have about this. And at the last minute, they decided not to do it. And it's not going to surprise a lot of people. And a lot of people are going to draw, whether it be the president and NRA or just NRA, you know, how everyone rolled over on the bump stock. And like I said, you had 10 to 50,000 people that that affected. Now you've got 4 million. When are they going to actually stand up and do something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's go back to ATF, because I know ATF, they get a bad rap. And I'm friends with a few ATF agents here in Colorado. I think per state, they're definitely different. Everyone that I'm friends with here, they're all pro-gun. I've gone shooting with them. They're yeah, The boss field office is very different. Yeah, and that's uh, that's exactly what I can imagine. I can imagine that they're probably in it for all the wrong reasons, I guess. They're probably more anti-gun than anything. Has there been a leadership change in ATF that you think may have contributed to this? No, I mean, I think the original thing was a trouble I had in the past with my ex-wife, and she was calling the Boston field office directly. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking. And, and that led to our audit and stuff like that, which is fine. I mean, I've had FFL for 27 years. But, you know, Massachusetts is one of the most liberal states, and we're mm-hmm. in New Hampshire, and that's our field office. So that sucks. But for us to receive the letter from them, you know, right after an audit, it seems very ironic. But what they're claiming is that the letter came from this totally separate. They had nothing to do with it. They're just being polite and giving me a heads up that the demand came from tech branch from headquarters. Mm-hmm. And whoever knows the truth and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it, it does seem ironic the way it was done and there was no heads up and they were just there finishing up an audit. Never mentioned a thing. Yeah. Signed off on the audit. Everything's fine. Less than 30 days later, then we close that out. We get this letter. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of maybe too many coincidences really aren't coincidences. And, you know, I've never had stuff like this happen when I was in Atlanta, you know, in the South and the field office there. They were always great and willing to work with you. And it was never adversarial or you never got the feeling they were going after you or trying to shut you down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here we are in New England. So yeah. I don't. You know, who knows? And we'll probably never get to the bottom of that. You know, through Freedom of Information Act, eventually we'll find out how they got the gun 
And it's not going to surprise me if it came from a competitor. Do you believe that if congressmen would actually make laws instead of leaving it to ATF to do haphazard regulations and rulings, that things would be much better? Well, I think anybody with half a brain knows that regulatory having free reign to shut down businesses and instantly make people felons Mm -hmm. is asinine. Like they need to be checked. And that's what DOJ is supposed to be doing. And DOJ actually had told ATF to not rule on arm braces anymore. And it seems like what ATF is doing to go around that is saying that they get guns or they're getting guns through like a criminal investigation. Like, I don't know, maybe someone was arrested for having weed in New York and they had a honey badger pistol or whatever the situation is. And they get one, then they evaluate it as a pistol, you know, and that's how they're going around trying to go around DOJ right now. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, DOJ can stop this. They just have to actually step up and do it. And, you know, if they're unwilling to, then that's the president's job to force them to. Yeah. Or the attorney general, um, which it seems like, you know, the attorney general might be sort of anti-gun. So I don't know, but this is going to be an interesting few weeks and we'll see what happens. And, you know, like I said, we can survive without ever making a pistol again. So in that matter, it's not a great concern to me, but it, it does concern me that we're losing rights and it affects the industry. And this will put lots of other companies out of business because ATF isn't going to stop with us. You know, and nobody wanted this to go public, but, you know, they're unwilling to respond. So if they're not going to respond, what are we left to do? They're demanding that we notify customers. But how are we supposed to know who who all owns the guns at this point? Yeah. You know, and, and how we ensure and get a certified letter from them that they've registered as a SBR. Like we can't do that. And they know that's not feasible. So the only way to do it is to make it public. You know, social media is the only way for us to reach everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, we've sold thousands of these, but probably only to 200 different dealers and individuals. So we have no idea where the guns are. Yeah, I know. It's it's funny because actually people think that guns are pretty easily traced. It takes a while to actually trace a gun and there's no database. The only thing is, is, for example, if you do like a 4473 form and then that FFL decides, OK, they're going to go out of business or after so many years, they can turn that paperwork over to ATF, which then gets mailed to a huge warehouse in Virginia, people are going through all of these documents manually because there's no online database that keeps track of all this stuff. And yes. the NRA actually fought for us to not have that online database because obviously people can hack in. So it's all manually done. So by the time they're able to track everybody who may or may not own a honey badger, it's a law that, in my opinion, isn't even enforceable. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not an attorney, so we'll see what happens. But you know, it does suck having to pay for the attorneys oh, for yeah. the entire industry, basically, for this matter. And we'll see. You know, SB Tactical, I think, has been waiting for this for a long time. And, you know, they're pre- prepared to fight. And, um, you know, I was getting some lip service from NRA originally, and they were going to. It seems like they backed down. You know, and it may not matter. It's what I said to NRA. NRA was aware of our letter the day we got it. I didn't hear from NRA for six weeks and their attorney called me when our attorney told him we were going public, you know, and I like him and I like the NRA fine, but it's like I told him, it's like, well, you've known I've had this letter for six weeks and I'm only hearing from your organization when we're going to go public. Like, what can you offer me? Cause otherwise I don't really give a shit what you have to say. Mm-hmm. Like you're not helpful to me. It's like, we're not a huge, you know, uh, donor to NRA, but I'm sure if, if it were Springfield Armory or it were SIG, you guys would be right here in the trenches. But 
Then they back down at the last minute and they're offering some help and assistance. But I think it got to a certain level in NRA and NRA didn't give a shit. Yeah. Or whatever. They didn't want a relationship with ATF or the White House or whatever. This wasn't a favor they were willing to call in. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I desperately want to believe that NRA is against this and that they just fumbled the bump stock. But I think if they ignore this as well, then that probably gives you an idea of where the NRA really is. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, no, it's extremely unfortunate because I've told so many people at the end of the day, the NRA is our biggest organization that's going to fight for our rights. All these other organizations, as much as they're trying, they haven't. If you look at the history and things that they've won, the NRA definitely has them beat. But unfortunately, within recent years, the NRA really hasn't been there for gun owners. It's become more of an organization that cares about profit more than anything else than obviously upholding our Second Amendment. Yeah, I don't I don't know if they're just taking a different view on Second Amendment or they're thinking that they have to compromise on certain things or it's just the, you know, the old rich white guy club to where it's duck hunting and bird hunting and, you know, bolt action rifles. Mm -hmm. Um, But this affects everyone. I mean, the attorney that I was dealing with in NRA has a pistol with this brace on it. Yeah. The president's sons have pistols with braces on them. Mm -hmm. This affects everyone. We all have pistols, you know, with uh, arm braces, or we all know people that do. This isn't like, I didn't know anybody that had a bump stock. Not to say I didn't care. And I I didn't want us to give that away. And you see, you know, and all the people that talked about a slippery slope, you know, they're right. They got very little resistance and they got presidential support and they didn't get opposition from NRA. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's no more bump stocks. And now what are we a year later? I don't, I don't know when that happened, but. Now I think it's, it's been a little bit longer break. than a year. But yeah, obviously nobody has taken the time to try to reverse that law. No, they didn't care. No. But, you know, NRA and also did a lot of good. I mean, NRA got silencers legalized and legalized for hunting in lots of states. And that was a great thing they've done recently, mm-hmm. you know, over the last decade. But it's disappointing so far. Yeah. Changing it up, I heard that the length of pull extended is part of the justification for reclassification. Is that true? Well, we we have the report from Tech Branch, and I've been waffling on releasing that or not, because um, that'll really piss them off. But it's just, you know, for instance, uh, yeah, the length of pull was, here's the thing, they bring up points, but they don't say those are the reasons that it's considered uh, SBR. They're saying holistically that the gun's designed to be an SBR, but they're bringing up points with arm braces. And one was length to pull, and the way they measured it, because I think it's 13 and a half inches, and we were cognizant of that when we designed the brace with SB Tactical, who was also cognizant of that. So ours is 13 and a quarter, whatever the number is. But what they did in the report that we got from them that with photos and you know charts and stuff, instead of measuring parallel to the bore axis from the trigger to the end of the brace, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. they made it diagonal to go to the top of the brace to get 13 and a half inches. And it's not the proper way to measure link to pull. Like no one does that that makes custom shotguns or anything. That's just not the way you do it. There's a standard for measuring link to pull. And so that's kind of a bullshit thing. And then they brought up like the brace didn't completely fit around someone's arm. And there's a picture of that. And the guy probably has been doing a cycle of steroids for 10 years and benches <laughs> like five. And he's got a forearm that's bigger than your thigh. It's like, see, it doesn't work on his arm. <laughs> and you know, and it's like, Okay, well, what if it, you know, Ava, what if it's your arm? Yeah. 
So if it doesn't work on the world's strongman competitors' arms, then it's not a brace. So it's just like kind of bullshit like that to where if you had a conversation or we don't even need a conversation. I don't want to have a conversation with them. Just, okay, give specifications for what makes a brace, just like you do with barrel length or just like you do with, you know, semi-auto or full auto or any other thing that they classify, what makes a silencer. Give us specifications and that's what we can design to. If you want to point out things, but then not give specifications, you know, so their idea is that we'll redesign the brace and send it to them, but they can't evaluate a brace right now per DOJ. And so we'll wait a year and then they'll say, no, this, the new brace, even though we, see, we could address all the points they make in their letter and send a new brace and they could say, no, that's still an SBR, but they won't give us any feedback on why it's not a pistol now, why it's still an SBR. Mm -hmm. And so we just have to then do another one. So this could take a hundred years yeah. and we get no answer from them. And they're not even obligated to respond to the response that they demanded from us. So we're kind of left in the dark. And basically what their letter generally is, is shut your business down because we don't like guns. Yeah. And that's uh, super frustrating because you're right. They're not obligated to respond which would be extremely helpful for you, especially if you want to stay in business. And your company does employ quite a few people. So they're also affecting not only the companies that maybe you buy parts from, but also the people that work directly in your company. They're trying to put a lot yeah, of people out of business. Yeah, it's terrible. In my mind, here's how I view it. We've got thousands of people who own Q pistols. And then there's 4 million overall. that They just passively, aggressively set or felons. Mm -hmm. So that bothers me the most. And I want to remedy that situation. Then second, my personal employees, people that I sign their paychecks. Mm -hmm. And then it's our vendors, you know, and, and when you tally all that up, it's thousands of people that they're yeah. either making felons or putting out of a paycheck. Exactly. And we're willing to pivot to work with them because initially the conversation was going good. We got the letter, which was kind of disappointing. They didn't call us or come see us since they were just there for a freaking month. And let's go over this or call us to headquarters and let's go over what you're doing and let's come up with a solution. If you want changes to the brace, absolutely fine. I'll pay the hundreds of thousands of dollars in tooling, all the stuff to get one that satisfies what you want. But tell me what that is. And then I'll do it. Mm -hmm. You know, because what's the option now? You know, like the option's probably going to be we have a receiver extension cover and we'll sell the Honey Badger as a pistol and we'll sell stocks separately and with a warning that you got to register them on a form one before you put it on the gun or the arm brace. Because what's interesting about our brace, they can't classify our brace as not a brace. It's just if it's on the Honey Badger. And because they're saying holistically, if we sell the Honey Badger brace separately, and you put it on a different gun, that could be a pistol. But we'll have to notate on there that the ATF has classified our brace and our gun as an SBR. So if you want this brace on there, then it's a stock and you have to register it as a Form 1. Mm -hmm. So it's just like all these silly games that we've got to play. Yeah. And well, that's fine. We can do that. You know, we can come up with other solutions or we just offer it and we let SB Tactical continue to sell braces. I mean, but we're not going to discontinue the product line. It may just be SBRs and a pistol without the brace on it. And you have to buy a stock separately. I mean, in the end, they're probably just making me more money, which is absolutely not what they want to do. But it's just hassling everyone. Yeah. It's just stupid. 
in your letter, you did include some options that customers could do if they have a honey badger right now. That's correct. And what were some of those options? Uh, well, one, I mean, the easiest ones to separate the upper and the lower, mm-hmm. and you no longer have an SBR. Another is to register the gun on a Form 1, mm-hmm. and then we'll provide you with the stock when your Form 1 is back. Uh, I don't remember what the other stuff was, honestly. I haven't read the letter probably since we sent it. You know, and the idea was we did get the letter early August, but there was communication. Our attorneys instantly with ATF, and there was communication. It looked like it was going to get worked out. Yeah. And then they just went radio silent. And so then we have the liability proposition of we've got thousands of people with these. And what if ATF goes and arrests somebody with one now? What if they go and arrest Donald Trump Jr.? Yeah. They're saying there's also a fine. What was it? $10,000 or something? Yeah. Yeah. So we have to notify everyone. And and they did not want us to go public. They wanted us to reach everyone individually, which, I mean, the whole thing is stupid. Yeah. So there is no way to do that. But, you know, then I have to consider... So I have counsel for ATF, you know, we have corporate counsel, you know, we, we, we have all kinds of attorneys. And at some point, you, you know, we absolutely have to respect and respond to ATF appropriately. Cease and desist happened immediately when we got the letter. But at some point, no matter what they want, you know, the letter belongs to us now. We can do what we want with it. And we have liability to thousands of customers. Like we have to inform them. And so we waited as long as we could. And NRA and our attorneys were trying to work political angles with ATF to get them to see another side and let's like, and telling them that our company is willing to do whatever, do a new brace, do all of these things. We just have to remedy this. And it can't be ongoing for two years because we have civil liability with our customers. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to let them know. And, and so then we just... We waited as long as we could. We didn't feel there was appropriate traction. And so we decided to make it public. And, yeah. you know, part of me wishes we had done it sooner. And then the other part, I know what was going on behind the scenes. And I thought there was real hope for a sensible remedy. And then we could let everyone know and have answers for them immediately. Mm-hmm. And, you know, ATF was adamant that, you know, they weren't going to go after anybody that had these guns during this time, all this stuff. But, you know, I've kind of lost faith in some of that at this point. Yeah. And so it felt my responsibility and obligation were were to our consumers and the gun owners. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised that people who own a honey badger aren't just grandfathered into having it. We asked for it. They said no. We asked for an amnesty. Yeah. For it to be non-retroactive and we would change from right now and not produce that one ever again. And they said no. Wow. All right. So what can we do? Get the message out there. Everybody contact their congressman, their senator, the ATF, the White House, you know, definitely the NRA. People need to be blowing up the NRA. The NRA needs to reach down, grab a set of balls and get on this. Mm -hmm. And like I said, don't do it for Q. Don't do it for me. You know, even if you're a Kevin Brittingham hater, this is obviously going down the road of you're not going to be able to have a pistol with an arm brace. And if you have one, you're going to be a felon. Yeah. So Better just set all your emotions aside and do the right thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time and I'm sure your phone and emails are blowing up. So I appreciate you taking the time to let us all know what's going on. I'm going to have Alex Bosco from SB Tactical on here in the next day. So we'll hear his side of things. But definitely, guys, if you're listening, definitely blow up all of the phones congressmen, ATF, the White House, the NRA, and put your foot down. 
All right, Kevin. And then just one last thing. If people want to check out your products, if they somehow, you know, happen to live under a rock and they're not familiar with Q's products, where can they find you on the internet? LiveQorDie.com. There you go. And thank you so much for the interest and getting the word out there and the support. We really appreciate it. Yeah, you guys have actually gotten a lot of support. And there's tons of quote unquote influencers that are saying that they stand with you and reposting your stuff. And it's kind of nice to see everybody come together as a community. And as you said, kind of put their emotions aside, whether they like you or not, because I know that there's a dedicated group to hating you. (laughs) So it, it has been nice to see that there is that community. Yeah. And I've gotten messages from a lot of them, you know, and that's cool. I mean, I probably received a thousand messages in the last 24 hours, like directly on social media and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of them doing it. And that's cool. I mean, you know, like I've said on your podcast before, I didn't get in this industry to make friends and I don't care. Yeah. I do love the industry. I love firearms. This arbitrary, you know, regulatory nonsense needs to stop. I'm all about us following the rules. But, you know, it's got to be a level playing field. Like, they're going to shut me down from making pistols, but everybody else can make them. That seems a bit ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And, and you know that can't stand. So you know what their real objective is. Exactly. Is to shut all our braces down. Mm-hmm. And that's what everyone needs to fight. You know, they're the one that opened Pandora's box. And, you know, it's hard to put that genie back in the bottle now. And they've, you know, obviously waffled several times. And, and it's just sad that, you know, in this country that you see, we have regulatory that governs firearms and that they're just unchecked and they can make arbitrary decisions that affect people's freedom, their livelihood, you know, and, and things like this. It, it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, ho- hopefully that's what comes out of this and we get a good result. You know, I mean, all I want, tell us what an arm brace is, define it to where we can all make things and we don't have to risk you shutting our business down or providing something that you decide two years later constitutes a felony for someone. Yeah. Like this is asinine. Mm-hmm. Especially since they just keep continuing to flip flop between the braces. It's legal. It's not legal. It's like, just make up your mind and stick with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're willing to do it when it takes rights away, like 1934 or 68 or 89, you know, 86, like all these times where they ban guns and stuff, you know, guy, if you're going to stick with that, then let's stick with the, okay, you decided that braces were okay. Bifurcated flat with a Velcro strap. There we go. Mm-hmm. Why waffle on it? it? You know, it doesn't make sense, especially with other stuff that they have to deal with, with actual criminal activity, you would think they would spend their resources going after that rather than trying to shut business down. Yeah, definitely. Here we go. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully everything works itself out and hopefully with enough voices, we can definitely get this overturned. But I like your attitude. I like that you're staying positive and that you're not allowing it to, you know, to affect you as much. Because I know most people in your position would be a total mess right now, stressed out, like wondering what their next steps are. So I like that you already have solutions, but I hope that it doesn't come to that. Yeah. I mean, I've been through enough. I mean, this is, I mean, the company's fine. We'll be fine. It's more concerning to all gun owners. I mean, this is an erosion of rights and, you know, just an arbitrary action where they're unwilling to provide any technical data or an appropriate response. And now that I think they're ATF's even refusing to respond in writing because they're afraid of a lawsuit. So now they just want to respond verbally to our attorneys, you know, and we can't move forward with that. Yeah. And and so I think part of me 
just thinks that they're basically did this and hopes it shuts the business down and they're not going to respond anymore. And so we're left to sort it out ourselves, which, you know, doesn't really make a lot of sense, but if so, we'll do it. It's, we're going to prevail one way or the other, you know, and I have confidence in that. So, you know, there's no reason to get upset about it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kevin, for your time. I really appreciate it. Okay. Have a good day. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.